Come on, Rally. Well, I hope you're excited for tonight. All across the state, we are joined together right now. And I just want to say to everyone who maybe this is your first time here, welcome. You've come on a good night because we're going to be talking about sex. That's right, we're talking about sex in the house of God. And you may have just need to come right now and get your, get your seatbelt on because I, my heart tonight is to share with you the Word of God and really encourage us as a family, as a community across the state, around the Word of God and what God would say about sex. Because we live in a day and age where sex is everywhere. It's everywhere we turn, it's everywhere we look, and sex is just all throughout culture. I want you to think about for a moment when you grew up, you're in school and you're going through your everyday life, you're living your childhood, and all of a sudden people start talking about this thing called sex. You're like, what's going on here? And you get a little bit older and then all of a sudden people start having sex, People are having sex and it's like, oh my gosh, Billy and Sally are having sex? And you're thinking to yourself, like, it's everywhere. I'm trying to figure out what's the deal with this thing called sex. You're in the locker room and guys are bragging about what their count is. They're talking about the girl that they slept with on that weekend. You see, sex is everywhere. We've grown up in a world where sex is everywhere. But not only is sex is everywhere, it's with all within the culture that we find ourselves in. Sex is more accessible than ever before. We can simply get our phones out within a few clicks of a button. We can find someone who's willing to have sex with us through an app and go home and do the deed. Not only that, within a few clicks of a button, we can be literally with our eyes watching other humans have sex. Pornography is shaping generations and there is sex everywhere. And we find ourselves in this world thinking about the reality that we're growing up in a world where sex is everywhere. And so tonight, this is my aim, is to really capture your heart and make you think about one question. And this question is, why does sex matter? Why, what's the big deal about sex? Have you ever paused to think about why does sex matter? Have you ever paused to think about why is it such a big deal? Because in church culture, we, we have heard a lot about the what. You, you've been, maybe been told, um, don't have sex outside of marriage. Don't watch porn. Don't masturbate. Okay, am I allowed to say that in church? Don't, don't make out with her too much. Like, don't, 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 don't do all these things when it comes to sex. And you've heard about what, but your heart hasn't been connected to the why. And tonight, I could say a lot of things about sex, but my aim tonight is to simply lift your eyes upon Jesus and see the majesty of Him and see the lifestyle that He invites us into and actually see the beauty behind sex. My aim tonight is to capture your heart behind why does sex matter. And I want you to leave with conviction tonight around the idea about sex. And if we're going to talk about sex, it's I want to tell of a story. A story that you've probably heard many a time before, but I want you to refresh in your mind 
and think like you've never heard this story before. This is a story between a woman and a man, fully naked, in a garden, hanging out. This is the story of Adam and Eve. This is the creation story. Now, just pause. You've, You've heard about this probably before, but I want you to let the imagination in your mind run and think about the beauty of the creation story that God is is creating the heavens and the earth. There's this beautiful moment where when we read in Genesis 1 and 2, God's speaking and the world and the heaven and all of creation is coming into existence. And he looks at his creation and he says it is very good. But within his creation is humans, Adam and Eve, and the first marriage that we see. And they were fully naked and fully unashamed, and within that creation was, was, was sex. And within that creation, God looks upon it, and He says it is very good. God looks at His creation, and He, he, he feels this ple- pleasure with His creation. He looks at creation, and he, this is very good. The, 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 the sun that shines through the trees, the, the mountains that you can walk up, and the crisp air around you, the this ocean that you can swim in, he looks at his creation and he says that it is very good. And within that creation is Adam and Eve within the beautiful marriage covenant and within that is the gift of sex. Sex was from God and we read about in Genesis 2 verse 24, it says this, Therefore a man and woman shall leave his father and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. You see, we read about here of of this beautiful moment where, where Adam and Eve are in a garden where there is no sin in the world. It is completely perfect. And they're within marriage, naked, completely unashamed together, and enjoying the creation that God has created for them. And within that creation is sex. Now, I've had sex. I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I don't just magically think about this. I have a child. I went to Cancun, had a cocktail. We made a baby. I've, I've enjoyed sex, okay? But this message is not this idea of like a classic youth pastor talk of like, let me get my smoking hot wife standing up. We've had smoking hot, steamy sex and it's great, but you can't have it. That's not the aim tonight. But I do want to tell you some of my story to hopefully encourage you, but ultimately lift your eyes upon Jesus. You see, I've enjoyed sex and, and sex is good, I can admit. But sex is not like the movies. Sex is not like what, what you see around you in culture. My story with sex comes back to when I was a teenager, hearing about sex, wanting to have sex one day, and had these ideas of what sex could be. And then one day I found myself at the altar, at my wedding day, and my heart's beating, because I'm like, this is the day I've been waiting for. Like, I've made a decision to, to save sex and marriage. I'm standing there as a virgin. And I've got to be honest with you, I was even in the preparation of, of this, kind of nervous to even tell you that I was a virgin because I feel this, I don't want it all for shame to come upon people when they hear about 
virginity like it's, it's a great thing, but my heart to you tonight is to tell a story around my journey with sex because me and Taylor both were virgins. I remember the moment where Taylor was coming down the aisle and there I stood about to step into the marriage covenant before me. And I've got a picture that I need you to see that, that, that is of, of her, my face. Like I need you all to see this picture. Like look at, look at this picture. My, my face is, is ridiculous. Like I was a stunned mullet. I don't even know if you have this saying, but my face was like pe- petrified, happy, all of the above. And I expressed like almost emotionless. Like I was shocked. My wife looked amazing. She's coming down the aisle. She's looking incredible. And there we stood at the altar. And I'll never forget the moment holding her hands and thinking to myself, oh my goodness, this is the day that I've been waiting for. And everything's a blur. People are, are, are watching us. We're making these commitments to each other for in sickness and health, till death do us part. We're making these vows. And then all of a sudden, he says, kiss the bride. Bang, beautiful kiss. It was amazing. And, and then we leave, we leave down the aisle and we are now husband and wife. We go to the reception and we're hanging out with our friends, partying, celebrating, it's all been great. And then the moment finally comes where it's like at, at a wedding, I don't know if you've been there, and my, 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 my boys are coming up to me, kind of slapping me on the butt, saying, it's time, buddy, it's time, Josh, go get her, man. And it's like, we're, we're about to go, go to the car, and I had a little Toyota Echo, I had no money, and, and um, I go out to my car, and I get my wife, and I, I open the door very romantically, everyone's watching us as we're going into the car, and I put my beautiful bride in the car, and I go around, I'm a little bit excited, like, oh my gosh, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And then I get in the car, and I look, and there's condoms all through my car, because my groomsmen had put condoms on everything that you could imagine, the joystick, the mirrors, all of it. And I'm like, this is the polar opposite of romantic. So we're driving towards the hotel. I'm throwing condoms out the window. And I'm like, this is not what I had imagined for my wedding night. And we go and all of a sudden we're heading down the road. And I realize, and me and Taylor kind of look at each other like, are you hungry? I'm like, yeah, I am hungry. We didn't eat because we're just talking to everyone and partying. So I pull into Burger King and roll up with my brand new bride and she's, she's in a wedding dress and people look at me like, what is wrong with these people? So like, yeah, we just got married. Can you give me a burger? Anyway, we jump on, we keep on driving and we get to the hotel room and I'm like, my heart's racing. Like, this is the moment. I've been waiting for it. And I, I kind of fantasize about this day that I'll kick open like the wedding door, carrying my bride in, throw her on the bed and be like, here's your gift for you, my wife. But that's not what happened. We, we, we kind of, honestly, as we got in the room, we're a little bit nervous. Like, this is the thing we've waited for. And so, we just popped a champagne bottle and said, let's have a little glass to celebrate. And we're talking about the day, and we're kind of getting to this moment, and we go, and we do the deed. I'm not going to tell you about that moment. But, but it was in the beauty of the awkwardness and all the things in that, in that what could have been in that moment, I remember lying in the bed. After having sex, and I've never talked this publicly about my sex life, so welcome to hundreds of young adults across the state. But I remember the moment being in the bed and feeling this moment where, where I could, could felt pleasure. That I had waited all this time to have sex within the way in which God constructed marriage to be enjoyed within, with sex within marriage. And I remember this moment thinking about the, almost the pleasure of God, of this felt very good. 
that it wasn't like what I'd seen in the movies. It was a little bit awkward and a little bit clumsy, but it was this beautiful, intimate moment between me and my wife that we had waited for. And there we were, naked and unashamed and all the good stuff with sex, but we were going in a journey of enjoying sex through marriage, and sometimes it would be great, other times not so much. The thing about what I need you to hear tonight is that God looks at sex and He says it is good, that sex is good, that we live in a connotation in a world where there's baggage and heartache and pain and all these things may be associated to sex. And people have the perception that, well, you can't talk about sex in church and you can't talk about sex about like this way, but no, God looks at sex and He says it is good. And I need you to hear tonight, Riley, that no matter your background, no matter your story, that you maybe have had sex a lot of times, or maybe you haven't, or maybe you've got the heartache associated when it comes to sex. My heart for you tonight is to simply hear that sex is very good, and that God views sex as good. And so tonight, as we come around this thinking around sex is good, it is so important to hear and understand this reality that God views sex as beautiful. Read, read the story of Song of Solomons. This is not just some nice poetry, but there's a straight up sex scene in Song of Solomons. That, that God has a lot to say when it comes to sex. And he's singing over his creation that it's beautiful. It's lovely. Sex is very good. And so you need to think tonight, why does sex matter? It is something to wrestle through and why does sex matter? Then why save it for marriage? Because I've heard about this idea. Adam and Eve were in marriage covenant, God's gift to them and he views it as good. You need to hear tonight that sex is precious, that sex is valuable. You don't go to a hotel and throw your dirty socks in the safe and say, lock that thing up. No, you put your passport, you put your rings, you put your wallet, you put your things of value in the safe and you keep it protected. That is the same when it comes to sex. You don't go and put, when you, when you make a beautiful garden, you don't put a fence around the weeds, you put the fence around the garden. You see, we are protecting and we understand that this is a valuable gift, something that we want to protect and therefore we save it for marriage. It's not just something priceless that, that it doesn't matter that we just give away to people. No, there's value upon this. There's a high price upon this. And you need to hear tonight that sex is good and sex was in the Bible before sin was in the human story. We are sexual before we were sinful, that humanity enjoyed sex before sin entered the world. And sex is so much more than just some physical act. It's not like you're just going and giving a high five or giving someone a hug and it's just some act that you do. No, sex is both physical and spiritual. It's this beautiful gift from God to understand and to enjoy. And the second thing that you need to hear and understand is that sex is from God. Sex was God's idea. It is not just some product of culture, but sex is the product of creation. Sex is not something made up by man, but sex is the product 
of a creator. It has purpose and design behind it. You need to hear tonight that God didn't look at Adam when he's kind of making a move on Eve. He's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Don't do that, Adam. I, I don't know what's going on here. No, he made it. It has purpose and intentionality behind it. There is design behind sex. There is purpose behind sex. Sex is God's idea, and he forever has the copyright laws to sex. It is his creation, and you need to understand and hear that tonight, that sex is ultimately a gift from God, that he gave it to humanity to enjoy in the beautiful covenant of marriage, that it is for us to enjoy, that sex is powerful, and marriage is the sacred, beautiful container to, to, to appreciate the power of sex. It's God's gift to us. But you need to hear tonight that sex is a terrible God. That sex was from God, but was never made to be God. And the world has elevated sex into a position like God. And there's a generations who have bowed the knee to sex and does the way of the world and listens to, to what culture says and it bows at knees and is trapped elevating God to uh, elevating sex to be God and sex was never made to be God and you need to hear tonight that sex will let you down if it is elevated to be God only one person should ever sit in the seat of king and his name is Lord Jesus Christ sex is something that I that has a lot of anticipation around particularly as Christians, when we hear about, okay, well, we're saving sex for marriage, but it's so important that in the driver's seat in our life that we don't look to sex to be the thing that satisfies us. We can't go looking to people to, to, to satisfy us when it comes to sex because Jesus is the only one who will satisfy Jesus is the goal of life. Jesus is the one we're pursuing. We need to understand tonight that, it, that we do not look to sex to satisfy you. So that's why we don't just get married to have sex, because it won't satisfy. We understand that God has designed, there is intentionality and there is purpose for it, and sex is ultimately from God. Sex is not a God to be worshipped or a gross idea to be wondered upon, but it is a gift designed by God and given by grace. Sex is a gift to us. Adam and Eve were standing in the garden and they were both naked in each other's presence and were not ashamed. Could you imagine the beauty of that moment? No, no broken joy, nothing like that. No, no, no hurt, no pain, it was beautifully standing in each other's presence, understanding that this is a gift from God for humanity to enjoy, but ultimately pushing us closer to Jesus. Ultimately understanding that creation points to, to, to a creator and understanding that God is the, the designer behind sex. And as, as I was preparing for this message, I felt so strongly the reminder and these words from, from the Holy Spirit is an encouragement to tell of a story of Jesus' interaction with a lady who was caught in adultery and a group of religious men who wanted to kill this lady. 
The story can be found in John 8, verse 1 to 11, and you can go read it later. But I simply wanted to finish with this encouragement around this story because I think it can speak to the heart of, of rally. It can speak to the heart of a generation, understanding the way Jesus interacts with humanity when it comes to sex. This story is a moment where basically what happens in this story is Jesus is teaching and all of a sudden this lady is thrown at his feet in the dirt by a group of religious men who, who, who have caught her in the act of adultery. And they say to Jesus, Jesus, by the law of Moses, it commands that if you're caught in adultery, we should stone her. We should kill her. What do you say? Do you imagine the moment, the, the, the heartache, the pain that this lady is feeling? She's caught guilty in the act of adultery. Jesus responds simply, and he bends down in the dirt. He gets down on her level, and he starts riding in the, in the dirt. I think of when Jesus is the finger, the, the, the creator is amongst dirt again. And we read in Genesis that God forms man out of dust. That, but not only does he form man out of dust, he breathes life into, the, into humanity. And he's, he's looking at this lady with love in his eyes. Think about the heart of Jesus towards humanity. The love that he demonstrated upon the cross. And this is the same Jesus with the lady who's been caught in the act of adultery. And he has deep compassion for her and love. And he will go on and say to these men, Well, you who are without sin, you can cast the first stone. And over a period of time, men after men start dropping these rocks and dropping these stones. All of a sudden, it's just Jesus and this lady. And Jesus says to her, where, where are your accusers? And she's like, they've gone. He says, I don't accuse you. So therefore, go and sin no more. This story is a beautiful picture between the way Jesus interacts with humanity. That I think there's a world that's grown up maybe in church, heard about these things, who, who have got the cocktail of religion and culture and are so confused. But tonight, I hope you hear the reality that Jesus gets on your level, meets you in the dust, breathes life and says, I have better for you. I have life for you. I do not condemn you. No, I've got better for you. And so tonight, I want you to hear my heart that rally no matter your story, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've had sex, no matter the baggage that you might carry, you need to know tonight that God does not look at you with a stone in His hand ready to throw, but He gets on your level and He says, I love you. Jesus demonstrated His cross for you, or demonstrated His love for you upon that cross. And he does not look upon you with a finger pointed, but a hand extended saying, would you come and follow me? Will we be a people who understand no matter what our story that's led us to this moment, that we can make a decision for a better future? 
that maybe you're a young person and you haven't had sex and you can make a plan and say, hey, I'm going to trust God's plan and, and say no to some temporary pain because I, I want to do these things in the moment, but I understand there's a life of pleasure awaiting for me in the beauty of marriage. But maybe you've made some mistakes and some things that you're not proud of. And it's time for you to stop trying to hide it in the dark and, and keep it to the side and understand you have a community around you who loves you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. And it's time for you to stop asking questions like in the dark and it's time for you to come into the light and the love of Jesus. Would we be a people who don't have stones in our hands but be people who reach out our hands and say, there is abundant life in Jesus. There is so much goodness found in the love of Jesus that God views sex as good. And we understand that sex comes from God. There is design and intentionality and purpose. Would we be a generation who understand we're not going to buy the lies of the world and do what the world has to offer us, but understand that, Jesus, I trust you. So therefore, I will follow your ways and follow your teachings and understand that in your life, it leads to abundance. Rally, you need to hear tonight, there is no shame in Jesus. You should not leave tonight with shame, but you should leave tonight with hope in your heart, understanding there's a great day ahead of you as you follow Jesus. Would we be people who understand that sex is good and sex is from God? and Therefore, sex matters. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the beauty of sex, that the reality is there is a lot of baggage and heartache and pain in this world when it comes to sex, but I thank you that sex is from you. You are the creator and you look upon it and you say, it is good. There is design and intentionality and I thank you for every single young adult across the state of South Carolina. No matter the stories, no matter the backgrounds, today we can make and live in a way that shapes a better future. And ultimately, we want to trust you and understand that there is abundant life in you. I bless your people and I bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen.